I'm grateful to Jeremy and to Otto that, uh, you know, they taught over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I only regret that I wasn't here, and I'll have to catch up on podcasts, but I'll do that soon. I want to continue on this morning in Hebrews, so if you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to read a paragraph about visiting a king. What I want to do is I want to contrast what it was like to visit Hampton Court Palace. Uh, Those of you that uh, don't know British history, Hampton Court Palace is the home of, was the home of Henry VIII. And it really is uh, three different palaces in one. Henry VIII has this one wing, and then a queen had the back wing, and then William and Mary added on another, so it's really three in one. It is quite a place. We tried to find the doorbell, so here's Susan and Kathy, you know, trying to ring the bell so we could get in. Uh, But it was quite an afternoon of roaming around, and lo and behold, when we finally got inside, uh, Henry was home. along with Cardinal Woolsey. So there was Henry, and there were little cameos of of Henry's life. Hampton Court uh, is a castle and grounds, and the castle is 11 acres. So it's 11 acres of building and 65 acres of gardens. And the gardens are all manicured. I mean, it's quite a sight to see. So this palace with these gardens, just wonderful. So I wanted to kind of paint this picture of visiting a palace, visiting a king. And then we're going to read this paragraph, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the visit to another king. So friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of His sacrifice, acting as our high priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is His body. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps His word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. We have open access into the throne room of the king of the universe. We can walk right in. It's kind of like, walk right in, walk right up. I mean, just stroll right in. We can boldly enter, other translations say. We we go through this new and life-giving way. Now, I'm sure that's not the way it was with Henry VIII. I don't think he just kind of walked right in and said, Hey, Henry, how's it going? And I doubt that you boldly entered. I would say it was a bit intimidating to enter into the presence of Henry VIII if you got there, and I'm sure it was not life-giving. He took a lot more life than he gave. 
But not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. We can walk right in. We can boldly enter. There's a new and a life-giving way. When you and I pray, our Father and Lord Jesus in heaven, hallowed be your name. Great is your name. Worthy is your name. Praise your name. Just can keep going on with worship. Let your kingdom, let the dignity and the power of your rule in heaven be established here, now, in this room. When we pray that prayer, and when we know what we're doing, we have invited the throne room to be established right here. It can be right here, within us, within our heart, my own heart, our heart. But we're now in the audience of a king. And when we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we're saying is, tell us, O king, we're now in your audience. What do you wish for us to do to advance your rule on the earth? And so it may seem like, like we traveled a long ways to visit Hampton Court Palace. We don't have to travel a long ways to visit Jesus. I mean, every day. Many, I mean, many times you want. Whenever, whenever we want an audience with our king, we have open access. What is it, O king? What would you have us do today? What would please you? What would advance your cause? I mean, there is no reason whatsoever that any of us ever feel purposeless. Because at any moment, we can invite Jesus to establish His dignity and His power with us. And we can ask Him, what would you have us do? What would we do today for you, O King? What a new and life-giving way. Take a moment. Now, the hard thing about this is, is listening. It's just, how do I recognize Jesus' voice? His voice is going to sound a lot like your voice, but it's going to be a little bit different. And it's going to be a voice that's not coming from the outside, it comes from the inside. And anything Jesus says is going to be totally consistent with the written Word of God. So you might hear a passage of Scripture. Because you have the living Word speaking the written Word. So let's just take a moment with, the, with this wonderful gift of open access Jesus, I just prayed that the dignity and the power of your kingdom would be established among us. So I believe in faith, in confidence that you're present right here with us at this moment. And I believe that you want to speak to us. I believe that you want to direct our steps. I believe that you want to direct our efforts. I believe that you have things for us to do this day. 
So what is it, O Lord? What task would you assign to each of us or to all of us? What could we do this day to honor you, to represent your kingdom well? Speak, Lord. If you have a place to write down, if you had any inclination of something that Jesus said to you, write it down. As we go on, if something pops in your head that seems to be Jesus, write it down. And then let's do it. That's how we have this open access to our King. He's much more involved in our lives, especially when we invite Him. We also don't have to pay for admission. For me to visit Hampton Court, we always treat Kathy to a day away in London. It's well worth it. I mean, Kathy takes care of us. Kathy's my sister, for those of you that don't know. I mean, she takes uh, care of us royally. Uh, We get all the tea that we want to drink. I get all the biscuits I want to eat. And uh, then she gives me these little wafer caramel things that I love, and every day I get one. And, uh, I mean, she just takes great care of us. And so for us just to say, we're going to treat you to a day in London, and we try to pick out places that we go, well, that obviously costs money. And when we got to Hampton Court, I mean, I tried to say, well, you know, we're Scott and Susan from Texas, and, you know, we shouldn't have to pay to enter Hampton Court. Well, they didn't buy that, so I had to pay to enter. And fortunately, we had a two-for-one discount. But other than that, I paid. And I would say that for any court that any of us enters anywhere on the planet, you're going to pay to get in, but not this court. The admission has been paid forever. For, For you and me to walk right in, into the audience of the king, a king much greater than Henry VIII. There's no admission because he paid the price. It's his sacrifice that pays our admission. It's his blood shed forever. And we get to walk in in confidence. We get to walk in confident before our king. We are presentable. When we uh, were in Hampton Court, these little cameos are happening throughout the time that you're there. And the one cameo we sat through was Henry VIII disrobing to put on his nightgown. And quite literally for a king, it was a gown, just a different gown that he wore in the evenings. I mean, these, ca- these palaces would have been really cold. I mean, how do you heat a tw- a, like a 25-foot tall immense room with one fireplace. I mean, it would have been really chilly at times in those. So pretty heavy robes. And as Henry is being disrobed, I mean, he doesn't take off his own things. You know, Cardinal Woolsey is taking off his robes, and then some poor soul was recruited to be the servant that laid the the robes aside. It wasn't me. I'm so grateful. But as they're going through this monologue, you're kind of sucked into this world because they're really good actors. And then they're really acting like Henry VIII and Cardinal Woolsey. And in that, you begin to think, man, 
I wonder if I'm presentable in the audience of a king. I mean, I wonder if I'm dressed right. I mean, wouldn't you kind of, like if you were going to the White House, wouldn't you kind of think about what you're dressed, you know, how you dress? And when you begin to think about, you know, I wonder if I'm like morally right. I mean, like, what, maybe even intellectually. I'm, I mean, he might ask me a question and, you know, I don't want to be dumb. Wouldn't you begin to worry about how presentable you are if you're in the audience of a great person? I felt that in this little cameo with Henry VIII. And then when Henry VIII, he, uh, Henry VIII had an open, gaping wound in his leg. So, and he also had gout. He was way overweight. And he, so when he was kneeling, you know, this guy, this actor really acted well. You know, he's kneeling and he's saying his prayers. And then he says, am I not the most Christian of all kings of Europe? You know, at that moment, I came back to reality. And I said, whoa, no, I wish I could have said, no, you sure aren't. Yeah, man. If you know any of his story, you think, good gracious, Christianity in a monarch is a disaster. But not in this case. We're presentable. And we're presentable with confidence for two reasons. One, our conscience is clear. When we confess our sins, He is faithful, He is just to cleanse us and to forgive us. So much so that we have a conscience that's cleared. We don't have this dead weight of a guilty conscience. Well, I did that at one time and I can't forget it. And he's surely going to know, oh, oh, conscience clear. The other thing, our bodies are pure. That means we're actually living the life of following Jesus. It actually means that we are a testimony by the way that we live to the goodness of the gospel. It means that we stop doing the deeds of the flesh and we're doing the deeds of the Spirit. And so we're confident to enter into His presence. We're presentable to Him. As we are, conscious cleared, pure bodies. And He is totally trustworthy. He's never going to go back on His word. He always keeps His promises. He never breaks His word. So we go confidently. And that impacts us. And it's interesting that the impact is not so much between us and and Jesus. When we're in the audience of our king and we're allowed this open access, when when our, our way in is paid and when we're standing before him confidently, that does impact us. But interestingly, according to this passage, it impacts our relationship with one another. So that in this audience with Jesus, we're impacted to think of what are some inventive ways of encouraging one another. How can we motivate one another to acts of love and good works? Meeting with Jesus is a reminder of the importance of meeting together so that we're worshiping together, that we're encouraging one another, that we're spurring one another on. We're thinking of the best for one another. That's the impact of entering into the presence of our King. So when you and I 
are separate from one another. So that, like tomorrow morning, I mean, I would hope that you would get up tomorrow morning at some time in your day tomorrow that you would seek the audience of our king. That every one of us would do that. Find that. I don't know when your time is. Find it. Whatever time works for you, wherever it works for you, get into the presence of Jesus. And the impact of that will be beneficial for all of us. And then when you begin to think about that, well, okay, what if only half of us do that? Then the impact is going to be half. If only five of us do that, I mean, you know, only the, the leaders do that. And well, maybe only a few of our leaders do that. That's going to impact all of us. See, this, 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 this community that Jesus has established, we all play a part in that. And so it's important for each of us to seek the audience of the king for the benefit of all of us. And so that when we're with him, he begins to give us these creative ways, ways that we can encourage each other. I want It's not ways to discourage each other. It's not ways, inventive ways that I'm going to read you the right act. It's about building each other up, not tearing each other down. And He's going to give us the ways to do that. And I think all of us know, we all, I mean, we talk about loving one another. We talk about loving the world. We talk about it a lot more than we do it. Jesus motivates us in acts. Uh, what do we do to demonstrate God's love to one another? What do we do to demonstrate God's love to the world? What are the acts of love? Some of us might be panicking. Oh, no, good works. Yeah. I mean, again, don't we have a purpose on the planet? I mean, is our purpose on the planet just to have a creedal statement? I believe in Jesus. I enjoy the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't issue into good works like tomorrow in the classroom or tomorrow at the place of business or tomorrow at the grocery store or the gas station. If we're not doing good things, good defined by God, what are we doing? What, what, what's our faith about? So he's, he's, he's motivating us. And then meeting together becomes something that's really fun. Worshiping, encouraging, spurring one another on. And we do that even more because we know the big day is about here. And the big day is about the return of the king. I mean, Tolkien wrote the return of the king with something in mind. The return of the king. And he wrote about a world being transformed because the king's coming back. And the king's going to fulfill all of his promises. And this planet that has been plunged into darkness is going to be risen into light. New creation is coming. The king's coming back. There's going to be a transition from this present age to the age to come. And everything we've ever longed for, the humanity that's being restored to us, all that's going to come back into our lives. The curse on our planet's going to be lifted. Heavens and earth, are going to, this new heaven and earth is going to descend. And we enter an age that is, wow, 
The age to come comes in its fullness. That's the day that's coming. But until that day comes, we get to hang out with our king. We need to find out what he wants and how we motivate each other and how we love through our actions, one another and the world around us and how we do good in his name. And it's like this momentum. We want to do that even more today than yesterday because the big day is closer today than it was yesterday. And tomorrow it's going to be even closer. Let's kill us. I mean, let's, man, it's coming. So this morning, we have a king who says, come into my presence. Access is open. Admission is paid. Come before me. Boldly enter my presence. Enjoy my rule and my reign. Let my dignity and my power impact you. Let me give you purpose. Let me show you how to motivate each other, to encourage each other. Now, I don't know anything like this. So if you would, why don't you stand with me? And together, Jesus... We stand in your presence. Jesus, I ask that you would establish your dignity and your power among us. Let your kingdom come. And we thank you this morning, Jesus, because access to you is wide open. And so we just step right in. We enter into your presence boldly, confident, full of faith. Thank you that you've paid our admission. Thank you that there's no cost to us. It cost you everything. But you gave us this gift of relationship with you. So King Jesus, impact us with your dignity. Impact us with your power. King Jesus, show us those inventive ways Ways that we can encourage one another. Ways that we can encourage our children who are in the next room. Show us those acts of love. How we love each other well. And then how we love people outside of this room. People of this planet. 
that so desperately need to know your love in action. Now, what good deeds, O Lord, what would you have us to do this day and tomorrow and the next day to represent your dignity and your power well? And Lord, we thank you that your kingdom in its fullness is almost here. Thank you for the day where we will no longer see dimly as in a, as in a mirror that you'll be present. And we will see you face to face. Lord, I want to pray especially for those among us this morning that may not feel that they are presentable. I want to pray for those of us that have a sense of a guilty conscience. I want to pray for those of us that may have acted out badly recently, whenever that might be. Just don't feel presentable. Lord, I want to pray for those that are losing their grip on your promises. Those of us that are beginning to let go of the promise to cling to something else. Lord, I want to pray for those of us that are saying, let's just neglect meeting together. Lord, I'm praying for those that are slipping away from your presence. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Those that are sliding away, Lord, minister to us. And then finally, O Lord, I ask that you would show us these inventive ways to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to bring out the best in one another. Show us how to do that, Lord. And empower us to do it. Empower us with your authority by the Holy Spirit. For those that may have that sense, I'm just not presentable for the king. Or for those of us that are kind of losing the grip on the promise of God, His trustworthiness. Or for those of us that just, in some ways, just don't see any reason why we get together, just want to give up meeting together. We'll spend some time praying for you if you'd like um, and just do some little some ministry over here. Along with those of you that have something you know, kind of physically that you would like prayer for today, uh, we'll just have some ministry time as we're saying goodbye. So if you'd like to join us, uh, we'll be over there. Anybody would like to before you go? And those of you that pray for others and have gone through our ministry team, just be mindful that if people are there, please help out in praying for one another. And uh, 
Beyond that, thank you for our morning together. And uh, thank you for what we get to share together as a community. May, May Jesus really be praised in his name. Amen.